This is the Irredeemable Shag, and you're listening to The Crusader Chronicles, part of the Longbox Crusade, featuring Pat Sampson, Delvin, Jason, and some other guy. I don't know. Jared. (laughs) (laughs) You're listening to Crusader Chronicles episode 34, featuring Amazing Spider-Man number 178 and Star Wars number 9 from December 1977. Welcome to the 34th episode of Crusader Chronicles podcast. I'm your host, Pat, a.k.a. DJ Chris Stados. Crusader Chronicles is a podcast that will journal the comic book issues read chronologically by the release date from my comic book collection, either in digital, in a trait, or from the many long boxes stashed away in my basement. Each episode will provide short recaps and reviews on ratings of the issue or issues for that release date. The goal is to keep me actively reading through my collection and to have some fun along the way talking about the comics with my friends. Speaking about my friends, we have Jared Elbrick, the yard sale artist, a.k.a. Death Probe. Well, hello, Pat. Hang on a second. I got to finish. Hang on. I drink this. It's a carrot milkshake <laughs> and uh, I don't like it. But I will drink it to get to the chocolate milkshake, if you oh. know what I mean. <laughs> Wait, she, she has a chocolate milkshake, too? Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason does not get in your window. <laughs> <laughs> it brings the boys to the yard. And, I, want, right. I, want a chocolate, I want a chocolate milkshake. Just, I'm going to go get Jason a chocolate milkshake. <laughs> and, and I want to have sex with that lady. <laughs> oh, okay, so the innuendo was not lost. <laughs> But yeah, I brought carrot milkshakes for everybody. So guys, drink up. Um, Okay. Maybe I'll just put this aside. And (laughs) um, Well, speaking about drinking some milkshake, Jason, the weasel skull upbrick is with us as well. Yes, I'm back. And I had some problems with my computer. Picked up a little virus from Indonesia. I'm sure Mary Jane can (laughs) relate. (laughs) But uh, I'm back in business. My computer isn't switching to Cantonese anymore. Gotta have to edit that out. <laughs> yep, all of that was racist. Is getting edited. Yep. No. <laughs> anyway, glad to be here, Pat. All right. Well, I'm glad you got your computer situation figured out there. <laughs> <laughs> and last but not least, we have Delvin the Dark Web Williams. Hey, guys, I want to let you know I know the secret identity of the yard sale artists. Mm-hmm. Mm. I found it out. And you know what? I'm not going to just tell you. Mm. I can bring him to the podcast within 24 hours. <laughs> you know, I think we might have a deal. Oh, you're on. He's going to be here. He will be here. I'm certain I don't know what you are talking about. There he is. No. Oh, <laughs> you did it. You did it. <laughs> Do I deliver? What? <laughs> I was in the, the vent ducts the whole time. <laughs> 
That's good to have you guys here again. Can you believe it? It's been 34 episodes. 34. Oh, wow. My jaw's on the floor. It's 34. Pick your poison there, Pat. Whatever song you <laughs> Well, why don't we get to what everybody's been waiting for right now? Oh, let's go getting, yes. Pat Polis. Pat Polis, yes. Let's go ahead. Pat Polis. Excuse me while I whip this out. Pat Polis. Pull up the got him. Pat Polis. Probably going to get mad. <laughs> All right. I see two issues in here. Yeah. I'm going to go get something to eat. You let me know when he's done, fellas. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> anyway, so let's go ahead and get into a quick check into what's in Pat's poll list for December 1977. Hmm. First in the list is Green Lantern number 102, published by DC, titled Sign Up and See the Universe. Features Green Lantern of Earth-1 and Green Arrow of Earth-1. Writer was Dennis O'Neill, penciler Alex Sabiak. We got anchor is Vince Coletta, letterer is Ben Oda, and colorist is Anthony Tolan. Cover credits go to artist Mike Grill. Mm, good letterer I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oda, not Yoda. Oh! <laughs> Why did I give you that laugh? Why did I give you that laugh? Oh, man. Oh, come on. That was a good one. That was a good one. Let me hear you say it. Good one, Jason. All right. Mm, the enthusiasm was not there. Yeah. <laughs> Quick synopsis of this story in this issue. It's an, an alien comes to Earth, technology equipped to handle a Green Lantern and ready to enslave several humans to power his vessel. With Hal trapped in a null time field, it's up to Green Arrow to defend Taupin and a mind-controlled Black Canary. So out of our normal one through five cover ratings, I rated this one a three. It just has Hal Jordan kind of in a suspenseful ray as Green Arrow is going to get thrown out of a spaceship airlock and Hal can't do nothing to stop him. Story out of five, it's a three as well. Looking to see if anything more happens with this, but we will see. Was anybody able to read this one? I don't think I've read this one, my friend. Me no, neither. man. No. I wouldn't mind reading some Green Lantern, Green Arrow in the future. So if there's some uh, in future pull list, maybe it can be one that we uh, review. We will have to see. I think in the future, Pat will still be doing this pull list. <laughs> <laughs> Good one, Jerry. Good yeah, one. Oh, the yeah. enthusiastic. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and get to the next one in the poll list. And that's All-Star Comics number 71. Publisher was DC. Uh, this one came out bi-monthly. The title is The Deadliest Game in Town. And it features the Justice Society of America of Earth 2. Writer was Paul Levitz. Penciler, Joe Staten. Inker, Bob Layton. Letterer, Ben Oda. <laughs> Colorist is Adrian Roy. Cover credits go to penciler Joe Staten and inker Klaus Jansen. On the cover, we got the Justice Society of America logo across there as Wildcat, Star Spangled Kid, and Huntress are getting kind of tackled by a gang of thugs. What Strike is Strike Force! Strike Force, <laughs> yes. The short story synopsis for this goes, the newly added member Huntress and Wildcat go off to save Star Spangled Kid from the Strike Force. Strike Force! Hi-ya! <laughs> Strike hard, strike fast, show no mercy, sir. I think that's Cobra Guy. (laughs) Second place, no place, you're off the team. Who, unbeknownst to the kid, is being run by his evil nephew. Ooh. Ooh. 
who has taken control of the Pemberton fortune and is using it for evil means. Imagine that. The three heroes defeat Strike Force. But the kid leaves the team, citing he needs to regain his lost fortune and identity once more. This actually was a pretty interesting story. I really enjoyed this one. I, I'm going to rate it a four out of five. Oh, it was the continuation nice. of the issue we did the last time around. So I, I definitely really enjoyed it. Cover, though, uh, it's a three. It was all right, cover-wise. It didn't really grab me too much. So has anybody else read this particular issue? I've read it. Oh. I have not. Neither have I. You got any interest in reading it? Oh, anything with Justice Society, yes. We had this discussion last time. I'll read it if we if we talk about it. But as soon as I see the Earth 2, it's just like my eyes. Yeah, it, that is a tough train to get on board. I, I hear you. Well, that's what's in the Pat's pull list for right now. We're going to get to the other two comics in just a little bit. But before we do that, let's take a quick podcast promo break and we will be right back. In 2014, two comic fans joined forces to do a Doom Patrol podcast. As there was no Doom Patrol comic series at the time, they called it Waiting for Doom. That was us, me, Mike, and him, Paul. In 2016, DC Comics became fearful of the power of Waiting for Doom and sought to appease us by bringing the comic back. Uh, That's not exactly how it went. In 2018, terrified of the sheer horde organizing power of Waiting for Doom, DC Universe announced a Doom Patrol TV show. Uh, I think they were planning that without us. In 2019, they again brought back the Doom Patrol comic, hoping we would not smite them. Uh, This makes no sense. In 2021, they realized we were the most unstoppable force in existence and released the Doom Patrol movie. Uh, This is pure fantasy now. In 2022, a terrified Motion Picture Academy awarded the Doom Patrol movie every single Oscar, including Best Documentary and Foreign Language Film. That's enough, Paul. Look, we just love the Doom Patrol and have fun talking about them. You can find us on all podcast places and now Spotify. And check out our website, waitingfordoom.com, or we will wipe you out, all of you. Welcome back from the break. Now let's get to the first featured comic for this episode, and that's Amazing Spider-Man number 178. Credits for this issue are provided by Mike's Amazing World of Comics website. Publisher is Marvel. Got a cover date of March 1978, but it was on sale December 13th, 1977. Cover price of 35 cents. Editor and writer, Len Wein. Penciler, Ross. Andrew. Anchor is Jimmy Mooney. Mooney, 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 Mooney. Letter is Joseph Rosen. And our color my bad colorist is still Glennis Ween. Uh-huh. Staying strong. Stay strong, Glennis. Keep those colors in the lines. You can follow along with us by the reprints in Essential Spider-Man Volume 8 trade paperback. Otherwise, Spider-Man Family Number 4. Spider-Man A New Goblin trade paperback. Or follow along on the Marvel Unlimited app. We hope you read along with us and enjoy the fun. Cover credits go to Penciler, Ross, Andrew, and Inker is Joe Sanat. Let's get a quick cover description from Jared. Here we go. 
The Marvel Comics group banner is jaundice yellow, and Spider-Man is dead on his feet in his turning blue corner box. The Amazing Spider-Man logo is looking a little pale white with red highlights, and the webs it usually dangles from had to call in sick. <laughs> you see the theme all Delvin sees the theme. Okay. <laughs> I think we all see the same theme. Yeah. Okay. The main action features Spidey and Green Goblin in the background, fighting for life in midair just outside Aunt May's hospital room window. In the foreground, we see Mary Jane tending to a severely infirmed Aunt May. MJ dabs May's forehead as Aunt May sweats like I do when I look at Storm in X-Men comics. Thanks to the magic of thought bubbles, we know what MJ is thinking. Aunt May is dying, and only Peter Parker can save her. But where is he? A cover blurb at the bottom gives us the diagnosis. Where else? He's in the grip of the Green Goblin. For this one, I need Delvin on muffled battle sounds coming through the window, Pat on the EKG machine sound effect, and Jason on Aunt May illness moans. Go! I like how Pat flatlined. She died in that scenario. <laughs> Good job, team. Yo, motherfucker. But watch out. He's <laughs> 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 dying. Oh, Pat, don't encourage him. Oh, man. I thought about it. I gave it a second thought, and I was like, no, nah, I'm not going to do it. I love it. Good job. Good job, everyone. And, and I like those muffled battle sounds, too, Delvin. I heard them. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that was a fun experiment. Let's get some quick cover thoughts. We'll start with Delvin. It's a good one. You want to have your bad guy and in in Spidey somewhere on the Spidey cover for the most part, but it depicts what's going on in the book to an extent and, you know, shows that Spider-Man is in double jeopardy here, you know, with Green Goblin and with Aunt May on death's bed again. So, yeah, I like it. Let's pass it to Jason. I think it's okay. I think that there's too much text on there. I don't think we need the big in the grip of the Green Goblin. We can see that clearly in the image. I might even make an argument that we don't need the thought bubbles. I think if you remove both those things, it's a better cover. I'm getting hung up on the Green Goblin's sparkly finger. Like, I thought that was a laser blast. So why isn't Spider-Man dead when he's taking a point blank laser blast to the face? Or is, like, is a finger thing just decorative sparklers? I don't... I, <laughs> Watch I, out, everybody. His fingers sparkle. <laughs> it's like, it looks really like, hey, pull my finger, Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> The tickle right yeah i it's so that's that's hanging me up man so i think that's gonna make it a less than perfect cover for me cut it out quit it <laughs> stop touching yourself stop touching yourself anyway jared what are your thoughts i agree with you i think it, it was a little bit of a wordy cover but overall i think it's pretty great because you can look at his cover and it is everything that is spider-man he's fighting the green goblin as usual Mary Jane is being supportive as usual, and Aunt May is on death's door as usual. Yeah, as usual. Yep. So it's a very summary of Spider-Man cover. You know, he wants to be one place, but he can't because of his Spider-Man identity. There's danger. There's Aunt May. There's Mary Jane. I like it. What do you say, Pat? I'm kind of a little on Jason's side. It doesn't do a lot for me. I get what's going on. Art-wise, it's good, and the colors are, are as good as well, but eh, I don't know. Just not pulling it off for me. And just the goblin's face is like, it's like, he's got that weird kind of grinny look to him, but always does. Mm -hmm. Just it makes it kind of... Is it freaking you out? Yeah. <laughs> it's freaking me out. I'm scared of the goblin. He's a weird guy. He's a crazy guy. 
He is, whoever he is. I like what they tried to do, but there are just a few things in there that throw me off. Yeah, maybe it's just Aunt May. I'm like, oh, she's really looking kind of ghastly. <laughs> she's always looking like that. When she was just getting married before. She was protesting and protesting, yeah. mixing it up with the cops. Yep, night on the town, and boy. And now she's knock, knock, knocking on oh, heaven's door. <laughs> Uh, well, speaking about uh, knocking on heaven's door, let's go ahead and get to some ratings, cover ratings on this. We have a one through five cover rating system, just as a reminder. Five, it tickled your tummy feathers. Four, you really liked it. Three, you liked it. Two, you didn't like it. And one, you hated it. It ruffled your tummy feathers. Mm-hmm. Ooh, sounds like you got a little problem there. <laughs> Rumbly tummy. And me. And me, you all right? <laughs> Yo, my is going to get my bedpan. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go ahead and see what Pat's going to rate this one. I'm going to rate it a three. I liked it. I liked it for the colors and the art and what it depicts in the story. It was all right for me. Jason? Yeah, I agree with you. I like Mary Jane, how they portrayed her on on the cover. I think that looks really good. Otherwise, I think there's too much verbiage on the cover and the pull my finger green goblin isn't doing it for me. (laughs) So three. And who's next? Jared? I'm a little more taken with it than you guys. I'm giving it a four. I just like the way it represents the entire Spidey universe. And I think it's well drawn. Delvin. Man. Oh, no. What's it going to be, Delvin? Good question. Uh, Three you know, or four. Musical genius Joe November were here. <laughs> you know, he'd probably have it about a three-five, but he's not here. Not here. I'll go with what I initially thought. I'll give it a four. I thought <laughs> I, I did like what was going on. I do like that a major character's on the book. It was a unique perspective for Aunt May and uh, Mary Jane to be featured on the cover in a way that wasn't forced. So I'll get a four. All right. Looks like we're split down the middle. Mm-hmm. Team two cool guys. <laughs> That's me and Jason, of course. Yeah, I was going to say, you might want to say who those two are. <laughs> or Jared's just going to be like, we're team threes. <laughs> Going with. Sounded just like me, too. <laughs> yeah. That's how I hear you. That's what you sound like in my head. <laughs> Well, Delvin and I are team two super cool guys. Yeah. Ooh, hey here. Yeah. Uh, here we go. I, I like thought it was just team knocking on heaven's door. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Put that in your imported pipes and smoke it, Pat. I think we better reach out to our listeners. So everybody out there in listener land, let us know what team are you on? Are you down with the threes with team two cool guys? Or are you down with the fours with team super cool guys? Super, super cool, cool guys. Super two guys. <laughs> Super cool, guys. It's hard to say when I don't really believe it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I gave you a laugh for it. All right. Good one, Pat. Good one. <laughs> Go ahead and make sure you comment in the... Comments? Comments. Yes. Internet. <laughs> Internet. <laughs> let us know what you think. Help us decide who wins. What team you on. And with that, let's go ahead and get to a synopsis brought to you by Delvin. Coming right up. While attending a demonstration in radiology... High school student Peter Parker was bitten by a spider which had accidentally been exposed to radioactive rays. Through a miracle of science, Peter soon found that he had gained the spider's powers and had, in effect, become a human spider. A Spider-Man. Stanley presents The Amazing Spider-Man. Thank you. 
The title of this book is Green Grows the Goblin. The issue begins with Spider-Man hidden and helpless as Green Goblin is about to reveal Spidey's identity to Silvermane and the rest of the New York mob scene. Spidey is trapped in a shaft. I can dig it. While Silvermane demands to know where Spider-Man is, Green Goblin says he'll do them one better and bring Spidey to them in under 24 hours. Silvermane says, you damn right you will, but is worried about how much of a wild card Green Goblin truly is. Goblin exits. Spidey tries to do the same, but accidentally reveals himself by making noise. Since Spidey doesn't cop out when there's danger about, he beats down the henchman and Silvermane escapes in the process. Meanwhile, at the hospital where Aunt May is, the docs, Aunt Anna, and Mary Jane all wonder where Peter is. MJ goes to look for Peter. He's supposed to be studying, but he's a complicated man. No one understands him but his woman. Pete swings by his apartment to try to study. Glory Grant stops by, possibly looking for some private dick. I couldn't resist. More play between Green Goblin and the person he's keeping trapped, which could be Harry or could be Barton Hamilton. Either way, we're talking about Green Goblin, y'all. Peter can't study and is ready to leave the apartment to try to resolve the Spidey situation. At the same time, MJ goes to the Bugle, where J. Jonah Jameson advises her to call Peter's place again. This time, Peter answers and hears the bad news about Aunt May's second heart attack. Right on. Hmm, that doesn't belong here. <laughs> and tells MJ he'll be right there. Peter races to the hospital and, of course, is attacked by Green Goblin. Peter first tries to appeal to Goblin, once again thinking that it's Harry, but Goblin doesn't listen. So Pete flattens him. That Pete is one bad mother. Shut your mouth. I'm, I'm just talking about Pete. Calm. I can dig it. Calm down. All right. But as Pete is about to reach the hospital, Green Goblin snares him securely and starts to take Spidey back to the mobsters. Aunt May, sex machine that she is, is going to have to wait. Pete's a bit tied up. That's it. Well done. Well done. Right. Do-do-do. <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> I like it. Yes. Very good, Dylan. Very good. Let's go ahead and get to some brick or brack for this issue. Is it a first read or a reread? We're going to start with Pat. It's a first read for me, Pat. Jared. First read. Meow, 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 meow. Jason. It's my birthday. First read. <laughs> Delvin. Gentlemen, are we ready? <gasps> first read. Yay! First read. Woo, woo, woo. woo. It's a, a reading rainbow. Oh, warms my heart. It does. I love it. Well, speaking about loving it, let's get to some high lows or what does. Let's start with Jason. You got a high low or what the? Well, I guess I'll start it out with a high. It jumped right into the action. I thought that the fight between Spider-Man and the mobsters was pretty exciting. Yeah, I just thought the opening was high octane and it carried out throughout the story. Jared. Ooh, I will start with a high. And I'm referencing specifically the pages where Green Goblin comes back to the hooded victim. Is it Barton Hamilton? Is it Harry Osborne? I think it's Harry Osborne under that hood, but they're still weaving the mystery and stringing us along. And I like that feeling. I love it when comics string me along. So plus for the mystery. Mm-hmm. 
I will pass the pipe to Pat. I liked this story overall, too. I think this was a very well-written story, played out very good as well, too. Enjoyed the fight between Peter and Goblin. Really liked it when seeing the pumpkin bombs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, it's kind of cool to see the Goblin in his arsenal. Yeah, a lot of different tricks up his sleeve. Yeah. And I like that. Got that tickle uh, finger. Yep. <laughs> Pull my finger. He doesn't use that, did he? Not the story, I don't think. I think he used... The pumpkin bombs and the net, I remember those. But. Yep, but he didn't use the pull my finger. He's got a lot of tricks. He just didn't have to use it. He's crafty. He's crafty. <laughs> I like how also, too, when Spider-Man comes out of the vent, all the guys trying to get him, and he's just bouncing around and taking them all. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Oh, that was a very fun. Was issue. anybody else kind of put off that he just made a noise in the vent? <laughs> Like playing yeah. a bomb elbow. Like, yeah. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> Aren't you Spider-Man? <laughs> you have a little more chill than that. I don't know. I just thought it was weird. Is that something the spider sense should have kept him from doing? Well, Does the spider sense go off when he's about to do something stupid or something? <laughs> no, it re- it's a warning of danger. So all, right, so, all right. Why didn't he just go back the way he got in instead of crashing out? They were going to just start shooting up that vent anyway. The guy said, if you, you know, don't come out or whatever, I'm going to yeah. start ventilating you got or who's ever in there. So I think he was like, well, game on. And I suppose going to do something stupid to make a noise have been funnier if he was like, who's in there nobody (laughs) I'm so nervous about my identity getting given away (laughs) I get that part when I get nervous (laughs) proceed with your bad guy me Anybody got some spray? <laughs> uh, let's go go ahead and bring it back. Delvin, we haven't got your hello. No, you didn't. And here it is. I am all on board for super-powered Spider-Man like he's supposed to be. He was jumping around, and those bad guys at the start didn't have a chance. And then he was super determined to get to the hospital because Aunt May, and you got Green Goblin laying into him, and he's like, uh, yeah, whatever, and just flattened him. Like, I don't have time for this crap. <laughs> he laid him out. He laid him out out like i don't have time for this garbage and just laid them slap out for you know a few a few panels so it was cool to see that it was cool to see spider-man being as strong as we know him to be it was cool to see that very good let's go ahead and get to the top again Jason? I wouldn't say it's a high or a low. I just found it kind of interesting is that this is a throwback to a world without cell phones because, if, you know, if they had cell phones, a lot yeah, of the storyline would have been avoided. You know, Mary Jane would have just been like, where are you at? <laughs> Send him a text, you know, but. Well, then they would have then said, oh, his cell phone, like, out of battery because he didn't have time to charge it at all. Or I guess, but I really liked that scene where the phone was ringing and he was like, ah, oh, I'm not going to worry about it. But I thought it was really interesting in character with him like and, the, and he just can't ignore it and he goes back and answers the phone but that whole scene was really tense like will he or won't he get the news that he needs to get back to the hospital and i really enjoyed that so i guess that was a high yeah that's a high <laughs> suspensefulness yeah yeah, I, I, I agreed with that was a high. Definitely. It had me going, too. In that scene, it was like, is he going to go back? Is he not going to go back? I know. I was almost convinced. It's like, oh, I, no, he's not going to go back. He's going to miss it. And then, yeah, I, too, was thinking the same thing. I felt like that scene looked familiar. It kind of rang a bell for me. 
Yeah. You don't need to come back for that one, my friend. <laughs> I think we need to block Jared's call and go right back to Pat on this one. And I put myself in timeout. <laughs> anyway, Jared, what did you think? Well, I'm going to tie into that same scene. Uh, you guys know me. I like to get emotionally involved in my comics and my movies for action film face-off fans. And I really like the tender moment with J. Jonah Jameson when he got the news about Aunt May and his complete demeanor change and he became a decent and kind human being. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good moment. He went from blustery, usual J. Jonah Jameson to heartfelt, let's take care of some people. And I like that. I like it when he makes that flip. We all love him when he's boisterous and funny, but the tender moments, it makes the tender moments better. What you got? Yeah. Well, you know what they say when you find a tender Rooney in the moment of right. Then you're going to love her for the rest of your life. But yeah, Jared, yeah, he was in full curmudgeon mode. Absolutely. And then as soon as Aunt May was mentioned, he immediately shifted gears. And that was cool that he took responsibility and at least gave Mary Jane some good advice. Like, you know what? Let's try to call him one more time at home before we send out search parties for the guy. Nice moment for J. Jonah Jameson. He doesn't get a ton of those. I will pass the pipe to Patrice. Boy, you guys are taking all the good points here. That's what we do. Yeah. <laughs> Going back to the scene, too, where he has, I don't know who's in the hood, whether it's Harry or it's the doctor. I'm kind of convinced now a little bit of who it might be, who the goblin is. Go ahead. Go ahead and reveal. Who do you think it might be? I think it's the doctor. Really? I'm, I'm set on Harry. I think it's the doctor. I think it's the doctor just because of the conversation that Peter has with him as he's trying to go along the... Wait, wait. The, you think the doctor is Green Goblin? Yeah. Okay. I thought when well, you said in the hood, I thought you oh. were tied to the chair. I'm with you. I think Dr. Hamilton is Green Goblin right now. Which got me to thinking, if Spider-Man didn't think that the goblin was Harry, how dead would that goblin be right now? Because Goblin's keeping Spider-Man from his Aunt May. And I think the only thing that's keeping this Green Goblin from just getting pasted is the fact that Spider-Man thinks it's Harry. Good point, Jason. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if anything, right now, Green Goblin is being a nuisance. Not even like, okay, I want to kill you, Spidey. It's like, I'm just going to delay you. And then when Pete tried to do the pills, like, look, man, I don't have time for this. My aunt's in the hospital. And it's like, I don't care. I'm crazy Green Goblin. Yeah. Watch out for my sparkly finger. <laughs> and even then he was like, you know, I'm sorry I have to do this to you, to Harry or whatever, but I got to get to my Aunt May. If he thought that it was somebody like, you know, Dr. What's-His-Nuts in there, I, I, I think it'd be like, it would took him out yeah i know they try to throw you off when they're talking about it when he says well Harry's not here right now and he never you know he's not part of it but i'm like yeah he's just trying to throw us off is is he i don't you know i wish i could tell you i knew it i could not be more serious when i say i have not read this storyline i don't know who the heck green goblin is it's cool i I dig it word dynamite (laughs) drop in fact <laughs> Who's next? Elvin? Got a high low? Let's go let's go with a low, albeit a funny low. I mean, y'all. If some pretty girl mm-hmm. knocks on your door. <laughs> Obviously you know, there for a reason. <laughs> I, I made you cake and here's a carrot protein smoothie. You're like, mmm. Mm, do you really want to give me food or do you want to give me something else? <laughs> what what are you talking about, Delvin? Like a drink with that food? Look, I'm just saying maybe instead of like the carrot shake that like could have had a chocolate vanilla swirl going on. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. 
<laughs> I like the way you think. And you know me, I'm not like y'all. Y'all dirty SOBs. That's how you play it on the recording. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no. But I mean, you you would just have to be an idiot. I don't know. I don't know if Glory has ever had a thing for Peter Parker, but it seems like Glory has a thing for Peter Parker. And Pete's all like, oh, I'll see you later, pretty lady. Like, dude, dude, <laughs> dude. Dude. Uh, okay, I'm done. But he can <laughs> yeah, I just don't understand that relationship there. But I think she likes him. She's uh, trying to show that. And he's just like, oh, you're the coolest. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that spider sense needs to kick in or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some, some, some sense needs to kick in. The problem is he doesn't have a dead body in the house, so he's not around. Yeah, hold on. <laughs> I, need, I need to kill someone throwing it. <laughs> it's like, hold on, Glory. The, the mood just really isn't right yet. Oh my God, I'm dying. Ah! <laughs> I'm ready now. I'm good. <laughs> oh. You know, and just at that last panel at the end of the comic with Aunt May, man, she looks really. <laughs> she gonna make it. <laughs> looks like she should be in the Museum of Natural History. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, okay, I know we're, we're done with highs and lows, but I had to laugh. At basically, Peter got defeated by a trash bag. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> a it's trash like, bag. It's like a half, hefty cinch sack, though, man. I mean, I'm serious. Guys, I mean, it's a polymer plastic made of stronger than steel. It's not just a trash bag. Am I crazy or did he make it look like a ghost? It's a ghost. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) This looks so stupid. He's a goblin. I know. It just like, it just seems silly, but it was, it was fun to read, but it's like, you got caught by a trash bag. I like I like that though because you had the pumpkin bombs and and then there's a theme. There's after a theme. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I don't think I've ever seen the trash bag trap before from the goblin. He's thrown a couple at Pete that are surprise ones that usually have to do with taking away um, Pete's spider sense. I think Norman did it, and I know Harry did it at one time. Like he threw some sort of mist at him or something like that. So every now and again, he'll have some rabbits up his sleeve. I guess we'll just be thankful for the glider. For those of you who don't know, back in the day, goblin used to get around on a witch's broom. Oh, that's true. I forgot about oh, that. I like the glider. Yeah, it's a definitely an upgrade from the Witch's Room. Because we remember from last episode, so does Green Goblin. He, likes he loves that glider. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you guys got anything more? There was one more thing. Once Peter was leaving the apartment and was ambushed by Green Goblin, and the captain says it's one of the Green Goblin's pumpkin bombs, I think that's an awesome picture. Yeah, I love that one. Oh, like with the dynamic back arch. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. And he's going outside of the panels as well, too. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, sure did. So that made it even uh, more dynamic and cool. Mm-hmm. Then he got caught with a trash bag. <laughs> Yeah, there it is. Anything else? Trash bag. (laughs) (laughs) Quit trying to make it happen, Jared. Well, what do you mean? What do you mean? (laughs) That's what you're doing. (laughs) You're not taking the bait. (laughs) I tried. I gave it a shot. Just tried it on. Well, with that, let's go ahead and get to some silly spidey moments. We're going to start with me. (laughs) (laughs) He's finally caught on. (laughs) 
<laughs> my silly spidey for this issue is going to be i like to wear the ringing part of the phone i started laughing when he turned around when you get to the fourth panel where he's like oh i'm not the type of guy that would absolutely turn around and then he starts swinging back to the department and just go well i am that kind of nosy of a guy <laughs> so he like, absolutely is <laughs> that was my silly spidey moment jared trash bag <laughs> <laughs> not giving up on it. Not giving up on it. But that was the hardest I laughed was when he got caught in that trash bag. I was like, what is that? Looks like a ghost. This is straight up silliness. I still like it. You know how I'm amused by silliness. But yeah, trash bag. What do you think, Delvin? I like the banter that he had fighting the bad guys originally. It was funny enough when they're trying to shoot him and there's like, he's ne- he ain't never standing where we're aiming. He's like, yeah, amazing, isn't it? It's a little <laughs> trick called self-preservation while he's kicking a dude. It's like, you ought to try it sometime. <laughs> I thought that was clever. Did he yeah. drop a Chuckles in this yeah, one? Yeah, he dropped a Chuckles. I thought he did. Yeah, thanks, Chuckles. I can use all the help I can get. Bonk. Knock some guy cold. And then he lets the other guy shoot the other guy. Jason, silly Spidey moment. I guess that's going to leave me with the Gloria Grant's carrot milkshake scene. I thought that was kind of funny. He tried to be nice and play it off, but in the end, he's like, oh, this is ass, man. (laughs) (laughs) And she takes it, too. She's like, okay, well, okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, Pete's like, I can tell you this because we're friends. Peter has let down me, Tim Price, <laughs> Ryan Daly. Ryan Daly. Yep. If any one of us were one of those neighbors, we'd be like, yeah, just bring that milkshake over here. Like, <laughs> I'll drink that thing all down. I will drink that milkshake. Are, are we still talking about actual milkshakes? Me. <laughs> oh well let's go ahead and get into the ratings for this just as a reminder it's a one through five rating five it tickled your tummy feathers you <laughs> love four you really liked it <laughs> three you liked it <laughs> two you didn't like it <laughs> and one you hated it, it- <laughs> <laughs> Delvin, what's your rating for this issue? I continue to be happy and ultra impressed with this storyline. And Lynn had let me down so far. And the art's been good. And the storyline's been good. And he's keeping that mystery going. It is a five. I couldn't be more happy right now to be reading this art. This this art is rocking my face, as they used to say back in college. So I'm enjoying it, and I hope the next one's going to be just as good as this one. It'll get a 5-2 if it is. Uh, what do you think, Pat? I'm going to agree with you, too. I think that's why I didn't really have a lot to kind of go and say about this one, because I was just reading it, and I wasn't really taking down a lot of notes at all to go by. It's like when we watch you know, mm. The Bond, and if it's really interesting, I'm not taking down any notes i'm just soaking it all in and the art was great the story was great and you have the side stories going on as well too you had some heart in there some humor it's everything jason wants it says he looks for but i'm like oh that worked for me i'm giving it a five jason what are you gonna give it you said it all it's got everything that i look for in it all the artists from the penciler the inker the colorist they're all on the same page with the writer the writer's (laughs) telling (laughs) the writer's telling a compelling story full of action full of humor full of heart 
This is why you read Spider-Man. It's a five for me as well. Jared. I feel an incredible amount of pressure. Yeah. Because if musical genius Joe November were here, you'd probably give it a 4.5. He's not. And I'm not going to pull the trigger on the five. Oh. I'm going to set it out four. Bag. Trash bag. Trash bag. A trash um, bag did it for you. You know what would have put me over the top? And I'm not just saying this to make Delvin happy. I you were pro- hooked up with Gloria? Yes. <laughs> there was a four-issue miniseries of that hot, hot action. <laughs> no, honestly, I'm missing Mike Esposito. Mooney's doing a, a good job, a decent job, but it's just not... If it was that Esposito quality ink to put the finisher on it, it would be a five. But I find some of the ink jobs just a little bit noticeable. And as an inker, the one thing you want to not be is noticed. Hmm. Okay. And so mm-hmm. I'm not saying he's bad. I, I wish I had Mooney's talent. I just... Esposito takes it to the next level for me. So if we had Esposito, I'd go full five. Esposito is awesome, and he did do last issue. He did. That is true. That's true. So we're really, really, really close to five. Jim, if you're listening, don't take it personally. I think you do great, but you know, you just you get in a groove with certain people, and I'm I'm in an Esposito groove. Respectable, I guess. Respectable. Yeah, I guess. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you turned on me. You turned on me. <laughs> We could have had a five for five. Could have. Sorry. And didn't. <laughs> well, with that, I guess we're going <laughs> to ruin the show with a four. The show. Yeah. Weird. No, no, I'm really looking forward to the next issue. So I can't wait to we get to that one. I want to. Yeah, read I think more. I'm chopping at the bit for the reveal, too. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I'm with you guys, though. I'm convinced this is the doctor at this point. I want to know, but I kind of, I don't want it to play out for a little bit more longer, longer, a little bit. I don't want it just to be over with, too, because mm. I want that. Well, wait till you get to the Hobgoblin saga, my friend. Oh, yeah. man. If it is the doctor, I really want to see Spider-Man just, like, rip one of his arms off and beat him half to death with it. <laughs> This is for that pumpkin bomb. You kept me from my Aunt May in a trash bag. <laughs> <laughs> you tickled me with that sparkly finger. I know. You can't put that finger in my face. Can I borrow that finger for the next time Glory comes over? <laughs> Does this have settings? <laughs> Well, that's going to bring us to the end of this part of the show. You got a comment or question, send us an email at contact at longboxcrusade.com or make a comment on the Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook page. We will be right back. You are receiving a transmission from the Rod Pod. Upload pending. Stand by for soundtrack transfer. I am Maggie. And I am John. And we are trapped, hurtling through space in a ship shaped like Rodimus's head. The ship, for reasons we haven't been able to determine, contains the entire run of the IDW Transformers Phase 2 comic. Which chronicle the events following the end of the war between the Autobots and Decepticons. So we figure we may as well read them all in order and report our findings to you. Stand by. Stand by. Upload complete now. The Rod Pod. Look for us at marriedwcomics.libsyn.com at iTunes, at Stitcher, or wherever good podcasts can be found. So, uh, tell all our one. Tell all our one. Tell all our one.
Welcome back from the break. Now let's get to the second featured comic for this episode, which is determined by our Crusader Club members. Club members get to vote on this segment using the online poll only available on the Longbox Crusade page at patreon.com. As always, we want to thank our Crusader Club members for voting to help determine the programming of this show. If you want to get in on the voting and all the other amazing benefits by being a Crusader Club member, just head on over to patreon.com and search for Longbox Crusade. You can join for just as little as $1 per month. And we will make you holla. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Pull my finger. <laughs> And help determine what each episode's second feature will be. For this episode, the Crusader Club members selected... Delvin's favorite. Star Wars! Star Wars! Number nine. Star Wars number nine. (laughs) (laughs) One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, nine. Let's get to some issue credits provided by Mike's Amazing World, the comics website. Publisher was Marvel. Got a cover date of March 1978, but it was on sale December 13th, 1977. So the same day as Spider-Man. Cover price is 35 cents. Editor and writer is Roy Thomas. So we got a double header here from both of the featured issues. Penciler is Howard Victor Shaken. Whoa! He's Victor Shaken. I like that song. <laughs> Inker colorist is Tom Palmer. Oh, he did inks and the colors. Yeah. I don't see that a lot. You're right. I don't you don't really. Oh, interesting. Litter is John Costanza. Cover credits go to penciler Gil Kane. Ooh. Inker is Tony Dizaniga. And on the cover we have Star Wars in big letters, big heading. And we have Han Solo and some of his space hoppers, I guess is what you want to call them. Doing cover descriptions now? Is that what you're doing? A little bit. Is that how we do this? Oh, wait. No, no, no. What am I, yeah. Why am I doing it? Never mind. Why am I doing it? <laughs> We're trying to figure that out too bad. Yeah, why am I doing it? Stupid pollist. <laughs> <laughs> now even he's... He turned on his own pollist. Turned on himself. Day. Let's go ahead and get a cover description by Jared. I can do exactly that. The Marvel Comics Group banner has black letters on an orange background. Molded Luke still stands watch in the corner box. It has a turquoise blue and purple background. The classic Star Wars logo is red letters with yellow highlights. And there's a banner above the logo that reads, at last, beyond the movie, beyond the galaxy. Because I think we're moving into original stories. The main action shows Han Solo wielding dual pistols and blasting away at three humanoid aliens approaching on space cycles. It's hard to tell who the folks are helping Han because I'm not sure who they are. But my guesses are Tanned Phantom of the Opera, (laughs) Sean Young from Blade Runner, and Beast Boy after he's turned into an evil rabbit. Not sure. Han shouts, keep firing, Chewie. All of you, it's do or die because here come the Cloud Riders. As if Cloud Riders is a scary name. Beast Boy replies, yeah, and it looks like it's going to be die. Delvin, dual blasters, go. Perfect. Pat, let me hear your dual blasters. Pew, 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 pew. Crap, crap. Keep, keep working on it. Uh, 
That's it. Very cool cover description. Let's get to some quick cover thoughts. And I'm going to switch it up a little bit here. Let's start with Delvin. Decent cover. I'm not in love with it. I'm not particularly drawn in by the Cloud Riders themselves, and they weren't in that much of an action pose either. There needed to be more action on the cover. I don't know how they could have done that, but the way they tried to, I know they wanted to get some of the new characters introduced, but just kind of didn't draw me in completely here. All right. Riders we'll go to Jason. Of the cloud. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah, I kind of middle of the road on this one. There's a lot of action in the cover. It looks like Han shooting at something off screen, a threat off screen. I think it would have been a little more effective if he'd been actually shooting at the Cloud Riders. I thought the hover cars were actually kind of cool looking as far as the concept is concerned. The supporting characters, on the other hand, are kind of, I don't know. It seems like something like when Jared and I were kids, like kind of characters we would dream up. Let's have a big green rabbit. You know, or something. I thought they needed a little more fleshing out. Anyway, those are my thoughts. What do you think, Pat? Oh, well, I kind of agree with you guys, too, is they're trying to find their feet here. They get the okay to, you know, start making some stories of their own and they have to flush a little bit more of this universe out a little bit. So eh, at the time, now that we know what the Star Wars universe is is and what's all in it, mm-hmm. it's hard to go back and look at this as going, well, that's not really Star Wars-y, the universe a little bit, you know? That's what holds me back a little bit on it, where maybe if I was a kid reading it at the time, man, you'd be starving for this stuff. True. Is how I would take it. Yeah. So I do. It, it is kind of seemed, I don't want kind of a busy looking cover as well, too. Jared? Echo what you guys said. I think you're right, Pat. I think they're trying to find their footing, introducing and expanding the universe and maybe zigging when they should zag, but they didn't know that at the time. And I think if it was December of 77, like you said, I think we'd be excited. Like, look at all these new characters. And in retrospect, it feels more like a He-Man universe cover than a Star Wars universe cover. I guess it's unfair, but I'm comparing Gil Kane to Gil Kane. Like when you told me just moments ago in the credits, it was a Gil Kane cover. I didn't realize that. And I've seen Gil Kane do much, much, much better work now granted he's drawing new characters so he's also finding his footing but to find out it was a gil kane and go oh it's gil kane i couldn't tell that's kind of a telling thing good point all right well let's kind of see where the rating falls out for everybody i'm kind of interested to see just going to give a cover reminder cover rating system here five is you loved it it choked out your insolent co-worker four you really liked it three you liked it two you didn't like it, and one, you hated it. Tashi Station was all out of power converters. Aww. Aww. I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> you got to watch Star Wars. Star Wars. <laughs> Jason, what's it going to be? Uh, I'm going to go middle of the road on this one. I'm giving it a three. It is action-packed cover. I like the two-fisted blaster with Han. That made me like it a little bit more. But we've discussed the weaknesses at length, so I won't go into it anymore. So three for me. Jared? I'm going to be there with Jason it's a three it's a week three but i will give them the benefit of the doubt not give them the two because you know new characters nobody knew what they were doing yet Pat? i'm gonna agree with you too i'm on three as well delvin i'll keep it at three as well uh yeah. nothing uh big to add we just hit three's company status <laughs> All right, with that, let's go ahead and get into a synopsis brought to you by Jason. All right, y'all get comfortable because there's a lot going on here. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> y'all motherfuckers get comfortable. <laughs> That's really bought into that. Watch that. Yeah, yeah, it's a thing now. <laughs> this is the story of Star Wars. You can read along with me in your book. 
You will know it is time to turn the page when you hear R2-D2 beep like this. Let's begin now. A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. All right. The title of this one was Showdown on a Wasteland World. Han and Chewie are broke as a joke. They somehow managed to have their reward for rescuing Princess Leia ganked at a previous issue and find themselves on the remote planet of Aduba 3, teaming up with some other hired guns to protect the settlers from an evil crime boss. An old man named Don Juan Quixote, who may or may not be the last of the Jedi Knights, a six-foot rabbit creature named Jax, a walking porcupine named Hedgy, and a sexy yet deadly mercenary named Amaza a local yokel named Jim, and his robot, Elfie, are Han and Chewie's only allies against Sergi X and his army of criminals. Before they face their nemesis, however, Han and his gang are besieged by winged monsters and are forced to defend themselves and protect some local farmers. One of the farmers rescued is a beautiful young woman whose grandfather is none too keen on trusting their fates to Han and his gang of mercenaries. It seems he would prefer to rely on a mysterious savior living in the mountains he recalls from his youth. Han, of course, would prefer trusting his blaster and plans for the settlement's defense. In a brief interlude, Leia makes radio contact with Luke, who is exploring an unnamed planet in the hopes that they can establish a permanent base. In the middle of their communication, Luke is suddenly cut off and the princess fears the worst. We cut back to the main action where things are starting to heat up as Sergi X begins his attack with he and his crew on a fleet of sky cycles. Han and his team fight valiantly and the savage battle rages until eventually Effie and Don Juan are killed in the melee. The battle-tested Corellian continues to fight with his remaining crew, not noticing the old man go into a trance. Suddenly, a monster erupts from the hillside, and the story ends with us wondering, have things improved for our hard-luck heroes, or has the situation become much, much worse? Back to you. All right, Jason, thank you very much for that great synopsis. Let's get to the bric-a-brac and find out, is this a first read or a reread? Delvin? First read. Jared? First read, Pat. First read. First read. Woo! Double rainbow kind of day. Double rainbow. 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 Star Wars too. So, are there rainbows in space? There are now. Oh. Let's get to some highs, lows, or what does. We'll start with Delvin. So I'm going to start with a low. Not a fan of Han Solo so far as portrayed in the comic book. He's a complete jerk. <laughs> I don't like him. <laughs> I want bad things to happen to him. He, he needs to, like, get a splinter that he can't get out. Or, like, get frozen for a long period of time. Like a whole half a movie. This isn't about the movie. <laughs> Just saying. He'll get Damn what's coming to him. He'll get what's coming to him. <laughs> he'll get what's his. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just I don't like him. I mean, maybe it gets better, but he just comes across as a complete jerk and not even like the maverick type that's a little bit cocky. He just seems like an ass. <laughs> <laughs> don't like him. Give me something to hold on to here. Give me some redeeming quality of Han Solo's. He'll come around. <laughs> yeah. Well, I th- I mean, in all honesty, I think, you know, what you're seeing here is still early Han Solo, the mercenary, the smuggler. 
kind of who we got to know in Star Wars. You know, you see flashes of his heroism, but you also see that, you know, he's kind of a, he's a guy with some dirt under his fingernails. And you see that in here. So I didn't really feel like the character of Han Solo was too out of character in the story. I don't know what you guys thought. Not at this point, because Han in the movies doesn't really become lovable until the second movie. And we're just not there yet. Yeah, that's a, again, like you have to understand this is way different. You have to look at it with a different view on not knowing the other movies and how he turns out to be. You know, I think they're still trying to find Han and, and all the different characters as well, too. And you don't really want to mess anything up with Leia, you know, and I think you still got that Leia Luke kind of vibe going on. <laughs> Easy, boys. <laughs> well, you know, I'm going to regret this later. Let me tell you. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a good point. I always looked at, you know, in the Star Wars trilogy, I thought Han in Star Wars and Empire, what he's doing, he does kind of reluctantly, really because he loves Princess Leia. And to me, it's not until Jedi, when they say, uh, you know, that basically there's a suicide mission that they got to run on Endor to take down the shield generator. And they're like, well, what kind of sucker would take on that mission? And it's revealed as Han Solo, that he's really all in. He's a general now, and he's embraced the rebellion. He's chosen his side. And up until then, especially here in the early issues, we're not really sure which way he's going to go. He's a rogue. Okay. Fair enough. Still don't like them right now. <laughs> <laughs> but we're saying that's okay. You don't have to. It's it's all right. It's new territory for us. Mm-hmm. Yep. I don't know if it's a high or low. It's, I'm kind of in the middle on this one. I think what they're going for here is like a, reminds me of kind of like a Western. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. I thought Firefly. It almost had like a Firefly feel to it. It remind me, Pat, of the Magnificent Seven. Yeah, because he, what's he say, the something five, he calls himself. And then he keeps giving them kind of different names as well, too, to his group. Space Hoppers, Space Something Else, and then he names them uh, something five or whatever. This one's kind of, it's different. Mm-hmm. And I can't put my finger on it. Mm-hmm. But it really reminds me of the Western. I haven't read the other two, seven and eight, the build up to this. I'd like to kind of go back and see if I can get those in and do that. They're on the app. I kind of agree with you, Jason, about the Firefly type feel, except somehow I wasn't as interested as I have been in Firefly. I don't know. <laughs> uh, anyway. Yeah, yeah. I was, I'm kind of saving it for my turn to go into that a little bit more detail, but I think I know where you're going. Jared? I guess this falls under what the, very similar to you. Mm-hmm. It's just, and we kind of mentioned on the cover, this expanded universe. I applaud Roy Thomas for taking the reins and taking it into new territory. I just feel like he might have gone too far. Like he might have should have just kind of stuck closer to what was in the original movie. But he said, you look back on it and he didn't have much, but the, he, all he had was the original movie to go from. So yeah. I'm sure he felt wildly creative and he made this Don Quixote character. I mean, it's basically Don Quixote. Yeah. And, um, yeah. you know, he's got the I green. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's got the green rabbit. And I applaud his creativity. You know, I like wacky things, but it's definitely moving into the way I feel when I read an X-Men comic where there's just so much and it's so out there that it's losing me. I'll pass it to Jason. Yeah, I feel the same way. I thought the supporting characters had interesting backstories. 
I thought their fighting styles were kind of coolly demonstrated during the fight with those wing creatures. But artistically, I mean, come on, it's pretty weak sauce. It could have been been a lot better. But to your point, Jared, I'm looking back at it after, you know, I don't know, what are we at? Nine movies now, 10 movies, however movies we've had. So there's mm. there's a whole big universe to pick and choose from. And Roy was limited to the first film only. But I just thought I liked the backstory. I liked the concept concept of the characters but artistically it just didn't do it for me i'll leave it at that delvin i want to say something good and i'm struggling somewhat i didn't care much for the characters other than the characters i knew i have to blame the writer here maybe if we had read the last two issues maybe i would have gotten a little bit more context but i found myself zoning out a little bit Mm -hmm. you know i got through the book and then when i saw what happened from the start to the finish of the book it wasn't a ton of things that really happened but maybe it's just a part that you know kind of slower part of the story that's going to build up for something more so i mean i know that was more of a low but that's really all i have for it a hopeful low it's a hopeful low i promise you i'm not gonna tank the comic book at all because there's no need to do that that's just waste of energy and i want to see a a story that you know I, i look at as like huh this is really interesting so yeah just wasn't crazy about this book but i still got you know, I have hope for the future. Let's pass it to Pat. So what you're saying, Delvin, is the force hasn't really awoken in you yet. Not yet. And, you know, reading about, well, okay, the woman warrior, Aleza. Amaza. Amaza. She was pretty cool. But, you know, the rabbit and the porcupine type thing. Yeah. But yeah, so you never know. There might just be something I catch on to and I and it just really brings me around and, I, and I'll keep an eye out for that. I was expecting a, to find a lot more in these beginning issues. I know there's better stuff coming mm-hmm. just because there's there have been some stuff that I've read. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm looking forward to that. Maybe it is because of where we're coming and we don't have the other two issues of that background. Maybe they did build these characters up a little bit better. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> not a lot of enthusiasm here tonight. No, no, you know, it, it's I want to though. And I think I have to start again putting my mindset in when reading these. You can't remember anything else in the future, you know. I have to look at it as these are fresh new stories that haven't been told and they're building a universe in their own little Marvel side of the universe for Star Wars. So you do have to look at it at the context of the time. That's for sure. Definitely. I try to treat the story as if it were self contained. And, and and it is. Mm-hmm. Here is creative license to kind of tap dance in between episode four and episode five. Yep. Good luck. Well done, Delvin. <laughs> Ooh, Delvin's got some Star Wars knowledge. I'm proud of him, man. <laughs> well, I know that much. <laughs> I'm interested to see where things go with the Luke and the Leia story here. Uh, does she find? No, not in that way. <laughs> does she, you know, does she find how long before they move to a different location? You know, I, I'm assuming that storyline, they're just going to keep kind of keep jumping around for a while. Uh, yeah, I thought that was a good place to put another plot thread in the story. I was interested in that as well. Mm, I was more interested in that than I was in the main story. I, I kind of like, was too, yeah. I do yeah. like Leia. Leia is, it has just been a consistent beacon for the books. I love her attitude and spirit. Roy Thomas mentioned that usually princesses are for a fair of state and she is a woman of action type. I'm like, that's cool. I like that because she was like, nope, I don't know what happened with Luke and I'm going to go find him. End of. 
now that's what I'm going to do. Like, all right, that's cool. I can dig that. Speaking of Luke, when you first saw like that first splash page, I'm like, is that Luke? Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. With the what was that kid's name? Is that Luke? Jimmy or Jim? Yeah, yeah, somebody Jimmy or something yeah. like that. I'm, who cares? <laughs> Jim. I'm like, that looks like Luke. And then he calls him by somebody else. I'm like, ah. So I wonder if they're trying to, you know, give him that look just to. That's what I felt like. And that's, that's again what I was trying to think like, oh, come on. Because like like I said, I like the characterization, but come on. Do we need a Luke light? The art yeah. was just weird. Jared, anything else to add? <laughs> yeah, I like the part with Leia looking for Luke, which Delvin just mentioned. I liked it better than the regular story. So that's not great for the overall story, but at least they gave me something to hang my hat on. And I just think ultimately, I expressed on previous episodes, I was really excited to get to the expanded universe because I never mm-hmm. read it. And it's not bad, but they're not wowing me out of the gates. Like when you're really excited to see some movie that's coming out and you go and it just wasn't what you wanted it to be. That's the feeling I have. Spectre. <laughs> Sorry. What was that? yeah it's just not getting me but you know pat you and i we started this crusade together in Mm -hmm. some star wars books so we know there's solid stuff coming oh we know that that's where death probe came from man (laughs) death probe man yeah remember that lobot lando issue on bespin Mm -hmm. yeah that was fun beats by lows beats by (laughs) lows Yeah, we got some good stuff coming, Delvin. We got some oh. good stuff coming. Okay, I'll be here. Uh, let's see, Jason, any final high, low, or what the? I guess it's kind of a high going into a what the. So I thought that the final battle scene was actually kind of exciting and, and a little bit brutal. I mean, we had some heroes going down. And when I saw Effie the robot get shot, it got me thinking some of those deep weasel skull thoughts. There we go. Brace yourself. Yeah, so I was like... When does a robot become sentient, right? Because the robot sacrificed himself to save Will. And I started thinking about the robots in the Star Wars universe, and I thought, man, when you gotta put start putting restraining bolts on creatures, they're sentient. <laughs> At that point, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a little <laughs> bit like slavery. It's a, it was not much of a difference between a restraining bolt and a chain. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, ah, man, I started having some ethical questions about R2 and 3PO. <laughs> you dug too deep, Jason. You dug too dug deep. deep, man. I started looking at Luke like, all right, Massa. <laughs> we know what's up. Free 3PO and R2. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Well, you make a good point because you look at Rogue One with that robot who sacrificed himself for the team. He's the most lovable guy in the whole movie. He was. Yeah. Best actor in the film. I'm kidding. They were they were all magnificent actors. I like that movie. I like that movie a lot. I don't care what anybody says. Rogue, <laughs> Rogue One was legit. Everybody calm down. <laughs> These Star Wars fans get worked up over anything. Well, anybody excited for the ending of this, though? To see where this monster goes? <laughs> like the old man from the Muppet show, I'm excited that it's going to end. What the best part about this story is? But, you know, we said a hundred times, but it bears repeating. Roy Thomas is a comic book legend. Yeah. He was trying something. And, yeah. you know, I applaud anybody who tries. It wasn't the home run hit, but he hit a base hit. And we'll go from there. All those characters were better than Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> Could say that. Well, with that, why don't we see who had the force in this issue? Jason, who's your pick for the force? I'm going to go with Effie. Robot laid down a life for his friend in battle. I thought out of all the supporting characters, that one hit me the most. I think that old Jedi died too, but nobody cared. <laughs> 
Yeah, Don Quixote. Yeah, it's like, yeah. come on, man. Come on. So I'm going to go with Effie. Delvin? So I'm going to go with the shaman because, I mean, they should have just listened to him, you know, like to pull out an old Adam Sandler skit. He was like, F the sun, long live the beast. <laughs> 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 and, he, and, he, and he told Han, he's like, go away. I got this. And Han didn't listen. And some folks died. And then Duke came out with this big old beast of a problem solver that's going to go lay wrecked everything. But is it? Is it a problem solver? Or is it a bigger problem? <laughs> well, he thinks it's a problem solver. Fair enough. So, Pat, who had the force? I'm going to choose Effie as well. I thought uh, at least he got some buildup, some kind moments. You know, he was like, he didn't like the kid, but then he gives his life for the kid. So I'm going with Effie as well, too, with Jason. Jared? I'm going to go with Amaza. She's the most interesting one of the group to me. She is pretty she cool. gives Han some pretty funny sass, and she wears very little clothes, and I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Those are all legit reasons. <laughs> <laughs> and Pat, tell me if I'm wrong here, but on her shoulders, her shoulder sleeves, does that not look like cotton candy? It does. Yeah, it does. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She's just got a weird face to her, though. Look, man, you got a body like that. It's yeah, all right. Okay. Speaking of the cotton candy sleeves, for just pennies a day, you too could help Pat Sampson get a cotton candy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In the arms of the I, I may need it as I read these. We will send you a picture of the path that you're supporting. Eating cotton candy. The cotton candy all over my face, and it's like stuck. And candy fingers. Got like pink stains all over around your mouth. (laughs) Well, let's get into the ratings of this. I don't see where it comes, so I think I know where it's going to be, but. Do you? <laughs> yeah. Let's go ahead and get to the ratings. As a rating reminder for our Star Wars rating system, it's a one through five. Five is you loved it. It choked out your insolent coworker. Four, you really liked it. Three, you liked it. And two, you yeah. didn't like it. And one, you hated it. Tashi Station was all out of power converters. Jason, what are you going to rate it? I'm going to rate it a three, and it's a nostalgic three. I still liked it because it's Star Wars, so I will never give a two to anything that is Star Wars. Delvin. And that's where I come in. (laughs) Hey, I'm going to give it a two, but it's a hopeful two because I will continue to look forward to new stories because hope springs eternal. And I don't want to hate because... Would you say you have a... New hope? <laughs> I was going to say hate leads to fear. Fear leads to the dark side. Oh, Delvin. Ooh, Delvin, see? I will pass the baton to Jared. Boys, I got to stick by my own personal rules. And hate leads to suffering. <laughs> and my own personal rules dictate that if I did not finish your book, you get a one. I did not finish it. It gets a one. I would not go back to reread it. Um, I don't want it to sound so hateful. I don't regret reading it. I'm glad we dipped a toe into it, but I did not finish the book and I don't feel compelled to. But I'm hopeful, like Delvin, I'm ready for another chapter to start. Pat, I think you're left. Uh, Well, I'm going to agree with Jason on this. Being a Star Wars fan, I have to put my bar (laughs) at the three. I liked it. I know there's some hope out there. So um, hope springs eternal. I'm going to stick with that. Never know, though. I may go low, but not low like Jared. Boy, I didn't didn't finish it and I couldn't work up the energy to get it. It it was, yeah, it was a kind of a slug to go through, but it was. I just flipped through like the last five pages or so just kind of see graphically what happened. And I was like, I'm good. I just. 
Something about multiple characters and space settings for me. I don't know what it is. You got some really different tastes. So but that's I all like right. Stegron. <laughs> Stegron in it gets a four. Yes, if Stegron showed up, it'd get a four. He does. He shows up at the end. <laughs> shows up like He's the Kool-Aid man. Oh yeah. <laughs> He's the monster at the end. <laughs> Temperatures 98.6. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be hot in the planet. That girl's wearing like bikini. Yeah, yes, yeah. Good, good, good. <laughs> With that, it's going to bring it to an end for this part of the show. You got a comment or question? Send us an email at contact at longboxcrusade.com or make a comment on the Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook page. We will be right back. <laughs> Monthly, monthly, monthly. It's Action Film Face Off. Hello, I'm Jason the Weasel Skull Albrick, and I'd like to tell you about a podcast I do with my brother, Jared Albrick, the yard sale artist. Action Film Face Off. Yes, thank you, Jared. Action Film Face-Off is a podcast where my brother and I, who are both military combat vets... Jason was a Navy SEAL! Jason was not a Navy SEAL. Jason was a military intelligence wing. But anyway, in each episode of Action Film Face-Off, we select two different action films. Some of them have Chuck Norris! Technically speaking, none of them have had Chuck Norris yet, but it could happen because we use a randomizer set between 1970 and modern day to select our two films. So you'll always get two films, each from a different year. Our randomizer has spikes on it. We use a Google random number generator, so it does not have spikes on it. And we put the films into our video dome arena. It also has spikes. It does not have spikes. But we discuss the films and score them through six different rounds of criteria. I score Bond films very high. Okay, that's true. But anyway, by the end of the episode, we crown one of the action films the champion of action film face-off. Next episode, Jason fights a bear. Jason is not fighting a bear, but please give our show a listen. We're part of the Longbox Crusade Network of Shows. Pat Samson killed a man with a sword once. I can neither confirm nor deny that statement. But you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, and most podcatchers under Longbox Crusade, or you can subscribe to just our show by searching for Action Film Face-Off. Come see the blood fly! And that's Action Film Face-Off. We do, indeed, invite you to come and see the blood fly. I just said that! Welcome back from the break. Now, let's get to the feedback part of the show, where we share your comments, emails, questions, likes, and shares in a segment called Crusader Comments. We are thrilled to kick off these comments with special shout-outs to our Crusaders Club members. (laughs) These are the fine folks that have joined our crusade. They enjoy discounts from Jared's online store. Didn't finish the comic book. No, no, no. no. That is... That Star Wars. Uh, the yard sale artist.bigcartel.com. Early access to special long box episodes, voting to help determine show content, quarterly newsletter, and so much more. So 
These are the folks reaping the benefits and giving some much appreciated support to the show. Thank you for being a friend. Bill Beer, Blasted or Stashing, Bob Buster, Braxton Underwood, Oregon Braxton, David Collins, Gene Hendricks, Ida Collector, Ivor Evans, Joe Thomas, John and Maggie, Maxwell Traveler, Miranda W., Mr. Lobotomy, Reggie Hancock, Ronald Wynn, Ross Michaud, Samantha Maney, Sean Urbanski, Steve Cronin, Tim Ah, Toronto Cop, and last but certainly not least, who is Scorpio? If we missed anyone on our list, we apologize. Please keep in mind that we record these episodes well in advance of release, so if you're a recent addition, we should be adding you soon. But still, no worries. Just let us know that we missed you by sending an email to contact at longboxcrusade.com and we will get it straightened out. As a reminder, you can become a Crusaders Club member by heading over to patreon.com and searching for Longbox Crusade. For as little as $1 a month, you'll get access to the amazing world of the Crusaders Club. Come check it out. Don't have any extra scratch lying around, but still want to help us out here at Longbox Crusade headquarters? Please take a moment to write a review on iTunes for this podcast. Even if you just want to keep it short, just our ratings, it helps raise the profile of the show, and we will share your review on the next show. We have an iTunes review, and I think... Jared is going to uh, read this. It's from a uh, person that I actually happen to know. Okay. (laughs) It is a five-star review from Timma, but not our Timma from above, apparently. No, different. Timma 2. Timma 2. Well, we appreciate the five stars, and Timma says, I never had the opportunity to get into comic books growing up. We need the Arms of the Angel music playing right now. (laughs) Oh, goodness. That's a sad story, but I'll read the rest. I started listening a few days ago after I got a recommendation from the Dark Web, a.k.a. Delta. I enjoy the episodes as I learn about the history of said comic and also learn neat little fun facts. You gentlemen not only enjoy comics and discussing them, but you also help bring people to comic books who otherwise would not know where to start. I don't watch much TV anymore, so any chance I get, I find myself listening listening to the podcast. Keep up the good work and continue schooling me on the huge world of comics. And that makes me feel amazing that we brought something. Oh, yeah, comics. that's very really cool. You know what I took away from that? Hmm. He gave up television to listen to us. <laughs> <laughs> well, a Netflix subscription is like 10 bucks a month, right? That's podcast right. Podcast is free. And mm-hmm. if you, you know, wanted to pay, it could be a club member for as little as $1 a month. That's right. I mean, like $10 for Netflix, $1 for us. That's a saving of like seven fifty. Yeah. yeah. It's almost half. 42% savings. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've got the first season of Chubbins and Sweetums in development. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Don't want to miss out on that. Jared, quick sneak preview. What the hell are you doing? My job. Guys, um, take it easy. Uh, we were trying to get renewed for a second season. No! Tune in.
There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well done, sir. Well nice, done. nice. Absolutely. Jared is also going to tell us because we have a contributor to our comics for courage support. Jared, take it away. Friend of the show, Professor Allen, who runs the Quarter Bin Podcast, Darkness Light, and a bunch of other cool podcasts, sent us a photograph of the box that he boxed up for Comics for Courage. It held several trade paperbacks and snacks for the troops downrange. God bless you, Professor Allen. You're doing the Lord's work, and we appreciate you. Heck out. Very cool. Thank you, Professor, for continuing to provide for the men and women in the service. Absolutely. All those men and women, servicemen, and people who support servicemen, thank you very much for what it is that you do. We are appreciative. We will move on. Uh, we also have an email. We just have a loaded mailbox <laughs> this time. It is. It is full. It is chock full. This is freaking awesome. Love it. This, it's not just those crappy coupons and stuff this time. This is good stuff. <laughs> right. You know, we good stuff. Good content. Email is from Green Lantern HG. You know, Jason, you want to read it? Sure. I'll take it from here, Delvin. So Green Lantern HG says... How do I start? Let me take you back a few years back. This long chain of events started when my mom passed away. We were very close. In my search for things to distract me from what was going through my head, I ended up in YouTube and so many channels, among them Xenozoic Xenophiles, great show, who I later found them on Twitter and their Rad Adventures Network and all their wonderful work. I owe them a lot. Later, I found out about their podcast, but not knowing anything about a podcast, I decided to give it a shot. I have not regretted any minute of it. Rad led me to Professor Frenzy, also great show. Professor Frenzy led me to the Longbox Crusade. They're all right. And the chain goes on and on and on. It is something I look forward to every week. It's something I don't dare miss. And secretly, I've been working my way through every episode of the Longbox Crusade. I have almost followed for a year, just a few months away from it. Now I'm hearing that it's your three-year anniversary. How do I even begin to thank you for all the laughs, all the raised eyebrows, every moment you've made better with your work? Just thank you guys. Congratulations on three years. And here's to 10 years more. Keep up the good work. Then he... Closes out, says, why an angry email? Twitter kept cutting me off. I was rambling too long. It made me angry. Who writes emails anymore? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Thank you, Green Lantern HG. Man, that means a lot to us. And and, uh, we're really sorry to hear about your mom. And, Mm -hmm. you know, anything that could take your mind off it for a little bit, maybe put a smile on your face. If we can help do that, it makes us proud. So so thank you. And uh, you don't have to thank us. Thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. Definitely. Thanks, GL. Yeah. Thank you, GL. Really appreciate it. All the support that you give us, all the retweets shares, comments. Just love it. We definitely love it. Absolutely. I can't say it any better than that. So I'll just continue. We will move on to social media likes, shares, and retweets. We were discussing Crusader Chronicles, episode 31 from September 1977, where we talked about Amazing Spider-Man 175 and X-Men 108. We are combining that also with Mm -hmm. Crusader's Chronicles episode 32 from October 1977, where we discussed Amazing Spider-Man 176 and All-Star Comics issue 70. So kick back. 
<laughs> kickback. It's a long list of folks, but it we is. appreciate the support. And I will light this candle with my boy Aaron Head Moss. Left our wallet with Al Sedano. We gotta get it. Got got to get it. Alec Edward Taylor. Andy Langinga. <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> you know, it's a keeper. It's a keeper. Andrea Di Bartolomeo. Anthony Kosowski. Antonio Cartella. Articulated Toyden. Austin Kuykendall. BK on the air. Between the pages. Bill Bear. Ah, my boy down in Australia, Bradford William. Bronze Age Babies. Carl Domingo. Carl Lauren McCumber. And Bradford Williams Podcast, the Cast Dice Podcast. Chris Gray. Chris Kempel. Chris Wallace Brandon. Oh, boy. Winner, winner. Because I got Chris at BTO and Bat Books, gentlemen. It's a show. This show. Next up, Clinton Robinson. Coffee and comics. Conan the librarian. Shh. <laughs> Hit the books. <laughs> Chris. I think I gotta get it out. That's even funnier now I think about it. <laughs> All right. Greg Bednarik. Daniel Vargas. Vargas does not drink, does not smoke. <laughs> Does not make love. Does not make love. What do you do, Vargas? <laughs> You're doing jokes for me. You know that, right? <laughs> They're good, though. <sighs> All right. David Collins. That wizard's just a crazy old man. Doc Strange. Dustin Staub. Elsie Rodriguez Paz. Fabio Oliveira. Jean Jean, the podcasting machine, Hendrix. And Green Lantern HG. And his alter ego, Hal Jordan. Ivan Chudley. Iwan Ganawan. James Charles Huntley. JT. Jean-Pierre Page. Downtown Jeffrey Brown. Joe Crawford. John Barrett. Ken Solo. Kenneth Nice. Open the door, get on the floor. Everybody thank King Dinosaur. Kirk Spencer, who hopes you will draw Sergeant Rock. Still, he's persistent. I like that tenacity. Lisa Franklin. Logan City. Lauren Skinkus Art. Mark Wilman. Married with Comics and the Rod Pod. Michael Siskoid. Albert. Well, I got my tux and I got a corsage here for Nicholas Prom. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Paul J. Morris. Show me your O face. It's Filippo. Oh. Oh, oh, you gotta oh, get it. Oh, oh, it's Rad Adventures. Raphael Sean Sands. I prefer Leonardo. Ranger Gord. Reggie Hancock. Get well soon, Reggie. Renee Hosford. Rich Wadra. Richard J. Folks. Rick Heineken. Robert Charles. You think he's in charge? I think so. <laughs> of our days and our nights. And nights. <laughs> Robert Myers. Ross Michaud. You know who he is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Russ Bailey. And I like this guy not just once a week, but I like him Ryan Daly. I like him once a week. <laughs> <laughs> We've got our friend Sean from the Secret Wars podcast, and it stops there. No. It goes beyond. It goes no, beyond. Secret Wars and beyond. Yes. <laughs> yes. Next up is The Ark. Then we have the Bat Pod. Cyborg's Art 619. Tim Price, come on down. You're the next contestant on Crusader Chronicles. <laughs> 
Trekker talk. The needs of many outweigh the needs of few. Another one? Unpacking the power of power pack. Do you want no. to take it? Nope. No, that's not going to work. All right. I got to give it to the master. Pat, help me out. Give me a beat. Boom. Boom. Well, it's no packing like the unpacking power of the power of the power of the power pack. Packing. <laughs> Impressive only to ourselves. Mm-hmm. I'm a little bit proud right now. I, I, know, <laughs> I swear we get a little better each time. I know. I'm, I'm feeling a little pumped. <laughs> we take the show on the road, folks. <laughs> Thanks for the help, Pat. I will pick up with Bernard Jeffries. And I'll step back in with Warlord Worlds. Who is Scorpio? Willie Wilson. Sounds like a comic book name to me. Mm-hmm. Wolfman Cap. Oh. <laughs> I've got Wolverine's hair dryer. <laughs> <laughs> Must stay busy. And last, but certainly not least, Xenozoic Xenophiles. Mm-hmm. The hits keep coming, y'all. We have website comments. This comment comes thanks to Crusader Chronicles episode 31, where, as I mentioned, we were talking about Amazing Spidey 175 and X-Men 108. And this email comes from the one, the only Tim Price, who says, ugh, Spammer found the comment page. Sorry, Crusaders. That was a great issue of Spider-Man. Someday, Delvin and I have to have a serious Spidey bull session. Although, while I love it, Delvin might want to put me in a trash can. See, that's how you do it, Jared. I'll work on it. it (laughs) (laughs) I hadn't read any of these all-star issues, so this was a new fun thing to try. I didn't collect any Earth 2 comic series until Infinity Inc., although I'd seen a JLA-JSA team-up here and there. Sometimes it's easier to take thinking of them as an alternate history story, like an American politician being a werewolf. Although, who would read that? Everybody. (laughs) (laughs) This issue was okay. I agree with the three. It didn't wow me, but I didn't tune it out either. I do want to see what happens next. Lots of Huntress popping up in the podcast-o-verse lately. I guess that's a hint. I need to try some of these older comics with her. Message received. Keep on chronicling, Crusaders. Looks like we have another comment from Tim. Yeah, Tim's been busy. He's been hitting the the website now. He's been busy with the clickety-clack, click, clickety-clack. Pound the keys, boy. Pound the keys. (laughs) (laughs) And this one is for episode 32, where we covered Amazing Spidey 176 and All-Star Comics 70. Tim writes, it was a good run. 31 episodes is pretty awesome. Sorry to see Crusader Chronicles is over, but these things happen. And what? It's not over? But X-Men, Jared's one. So now he's a baby? I'm a baby. <laughs> you guys worked it out? Phew. That's a relief. Well, never mind then. Phew. Oi, the X-Men issue was not great. Jason put it really well. It's a landmark issue, not a classic. It's a point in the history of the X-Men that's extremely important later multiple times in the future, which is different from this issue itself being great. But I do love the Wolverine, often the butt of short jokes, makes fun of the midget who promptly punches him into orbit. Oh, sweet irony. Not to mention me liking the atypical design slash size for each powerhouse. Clamrot needs to spread these mysteries out a little longer. Oh, in a year or so, I think you'll be singing a different tune in that front. 
<laughs> I don't know why we're laughing. <laughs> Only Jason knows. <laughs> I've read enough Spider-Man history to be pretty sure who the new goblin is. Ooh, new don't goblin. tell us, Tim. Don't tell us. <laughs> There's a hint there. Who the new goblin is. Yeah. I think the new kind of gives it away. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Just wait. Although I will say the identity of the goblin is best when it's a mystery. Now you just spoil it, Tim. (laughs) But it isn't always about it being a friend of Peter. The identity kept from us readers was the fun part for me. Since we're privy to scenes, our hero doesn't. Just my two cents. Man, I was seriously impressed. The Punisher bringing the quips and the twips while swinging a web. Any size. Must have been a mercy web. (laughs) Good one, Tim. Good one. Mercy bullets, right? You guys nailed exactly what I was thinking. Mercy Bowie Knife. <laughs> Mercy Bazooka. Mercy Neck Snap. That Punisher is such a compassionate guy. Battle Wagon! Battle Wagon! Mercy Battle Wagon. It's a Mercy Battle Wagon. <laughs> oh, Mercy, it's a Battle Wagon. <laughs> Thanks for another hour of laughs, Crusaders. Till next time. Oh, thank you, Tim. Nice. We will now move on to social media comments from Crusader Chronicles episode 31. I'll start. Dave Collins says, I will go on record and say I voted for Star Wars and I only cry when you guys say Battle Wagon. Battle Wagon! Battle Wagon! Wait till you hear the sound clip that I found. (laughs) (laughs) I think we just turned Dave into a baby. Battery operated battle wagon loaded with tremendous firepower at food markets only. Oh, I'll go with Ryan Daly. Keeps this one short. Ryan says, Hal Jordan, he wasn't watching out for the hitman. <laughs> Watch, Watch out for the hitman. Oh, we got one from Unpacking the Power of the Power Pack because the Power Pack power can't stop. Say And Rick says, Dang, at Christatos01. Hey, that's me. You are getting fly doing your raps. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I got some skills. <laughs> and I will grab one from what I think might be first time commenter JT. JT says, What's happening in X Men 108 is out of this world, wink face. You say so, JT. <laughs> if you well, say so. Technically, he's right. Technically, he's right. <laughs> it was out of this world, it was in another universe. I think I gave it a one, but uh, X Men's coming back on me. Now they've gotten back to Earth, it's it's growing back on me. So I'm back in it, JT. I'm back in it. Yeah, that last X storyline was good with um, Vindicator. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mauna. It, it was, was a, a clear back Oh, geez, on the street. As you guys are doing this, I'm reading who is Scorpio's comment. It says, through you guys, I'm learning so much philosophical information. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really scratching my head. (laughs) And what kind of wisdom we're imparting on these folks. Forgetting how you made it so clear. (laughs) Throwbacks to 70s and 80s songs, perhaps. (laughs) We also have comments from uh, Crusader Chronicles episode 32. I'll read a comment from a new person, John Barrett, who says, nice, early Huntress. Looks like we have a few people who are some Huntress fans, eh? I dig it. I dig it. I like the Huntress. That's cool. Green Lantern HG says, and I know what's that feeling when reading a DC comic. It's because there's no Mike Esposito. Esposito! 
Hey, yard sale artists after Pat's tablets. I don't know what that means. Oh, but... those are the ecstasy pills he had on in that episode. Oh, <laughs> okay. You're after the X, I got Yes, it. yes. I remember after that episode, I danced with glow sticks for like six <laughs> days. <laughs> I was going to say, you thought you, thought you were in your, uh, the Blade <laughs> Yes, I did. I really did. Speaking <laughs> of which, what happened to Debaish, man? Where's Debaish? Yeah, I don't know. Debaish. Come back base, where are you? Come on back to base. Come on back to base. Come on, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to take one from Dave Collins, which is just crazy. crazy. He says, man, I love how much D-Ray hates DC crisis. I feel like we must be related. If only we would have confessed his love of Star Wars, the circle would be complete. <laughs> well, I believe it was the Rolling Stones who said, you can always get well, apparently Dave's in love with me because I love Star Wars and I also hate DC Crisis. So, match made, buddy. Hop into my battle wagon. <laughs> you don't like DC Crisis? No. All right. I think it's the most overrated maxi series maybe of all time. Yep, that's right. I Are you it. talking about the crisis on Infinite Earth, Infinite yes. Crisis, or all yes. of you? But- <laughs> oh. I'm mainly saying the first one, Crisis on Infinite Earth. I think the art is gorgeous, but I have tried to read it several times, and I'm just like, I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> anyway, but we don't want to get too negative on the show, so I'm going to grab me our final comment here. I'll pick one up here from GLHG that says, this episode would have been a 10, but since Weasel Skull was not in it, I will go with an 11. <laughs> <laughs> Not what it says. <laughs> All right, it says this is bullshit. <laughs> Don't put up with that. <laughs> Fight back, man. Connery got his dander up over that. Okay, he actually said since Weasel Skull wasn't here, he'll go with a nine. And D Ray, I want to see that tantrum because Delvin said he was going to throw a tantrum about something, but I can't remember what it was now. Me neither. I don't have the strength. I just got done with jujitsu practice. <laughs> <laughs> it's very, very late. It's past midnight, the podcasting hour. Tantrums will put off to another day. Well, dang, we got a lot of feedback. Right. We appreciate it all. Thank each and every one of you so very much for the follows, likes, shares, and comments. We appreciate your friendship and your help in spreading the word about this podcast. And that's going to be the show. Be sure to check out the website, longboxcrusaderchronicles.blogspot.com, where posts will be made for journaling this crusade. I want to give a big thanks to Jared, Jason, and Delvin for joining me this episode. Wow, can you believe it? We're done with 34. On to 35. On to 35. Woohoo! Sakes alive, it's 35. <laughs> Let's find out where the listeners can find us on the internet. Jason? Well, you can find me at Weasel Skull on Twitter or Jason Albrick on Facebook or Instagram. Delvin? You can find me on Twitter at D-E-E underscore R-A-Y one nine seven seven. Jared? You can find me at Yard Sale Artist, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. It's all at Yard Sale Artist or at Larry's Real Pit Barbecue, where I'm definitely not being compensated and cutting the other guys out. Delicious Larry's Barbecue. Wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you can find me on the Twitter at Christatos01 and also on Instagram at Christatos01. And if you want to interact with us via live chat and be entered in to win some free stuff on our live raffles, join us on our next episode of Doing It Livestream over on YouTube. We do them on the second Sunday of every month, and we always start at 3.30 p.m. Central Time. You can get signed up for that by looking up Longbox Crusade 
on YouTube. Please subscribe to our channel and click the bell so you'll get reminder notifications for when we go live. Are you trying to say that if they watch our show, they can win free things like mail to their house? Why, yes, Jared, they can. Like comic books and toys and things like that? All kinds of nicky knacks. That's amazing. But what yeah. if they're really lucky and win a lot of things and live in England? Will they we, we ship there as well? We can ship it anywhere. In fact, I just ship my pants. <laughs> <laughs> Been meaning to talk to you about that. <laughs> you did say shipped, right? <laughs> yes, I ship okay. your pants too. <laughs> oh, okay. He does do import export. I do import exporting, right? Come on, go. <laughs> Me and Dave got the ship pants going. We just shipped our pants. <laughs> oh well thank you for listening and we hope you have enjoyed this episode of crusader chronicles you got a comment or question email us at contact at longbox crusade or leave a comment on the longbox crusade facebook instagram or twitter page at longbox crusade until next time take care and please join us for the next episode as we continue on the crusade to bring them all don't know when I've been so blue Don't know what's come over you You found someone And don't it make my brown eyes blue I'll be fine when you're gone I'll just cry all night long Say it is untrue And don't it make my brown eyes The intro music for Crusader Chronicles is provided by musical genius Joe November Check out his SoundCloud at J-O-S-E-F-L-I-N-9-9 you won't regret it. All songs, song clips, and characters discussed are copyright of their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. We are just fans that like to share our love of comics. Outtakes. This is Stegron, <laughs> and you're listening to Crusader Chronicles. <laughs> Read them all in the summer. <laughs> Not for winter. Star Wars. <laughs> this is the all Stegron episode. <laughs> Uh, well, I'm out. <laughs> or, or, or just like the Family Guy, like, yeah, that's right, everybody. It's a Stegron <laughs> episode. episode. <laughs> Here's the remote. Go ahead, change it. Uh, so, what's the uh, Spider-Man one? Is the one where Aunt May's on the cover? Yeah, yeah. I'm correct. dying. Don't make fun of old people. Okay, make fun of her because she's oh, like, yes, well, you do it all the time. <laughs> That's Delvin's job, damn it. It's funny when I do it. She's knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. Hi, 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 hi. That's the first thing that popped into my mind when I saw that cover. I was like, <laughs> uh, Delvin and the heaven's door joke. That was funny. <laughs> if only we could be this professional. Hey, 34 episodes in, baby. We're getting somewhere. Yeah, we are. We're hitting it big time now, boys. Big time. On oh, my way, I'm making it. Big time. I'm gonna watch it. Does it grow or show? I don't know. I don't know. Is it a grower or a shower? <laughs> <laughs>
steam train. So in a little while. Hang on, I'm not done. If you just lay down your track, you can have an airplane flying. If you bring your blue skies back. Go ahead, Pat. All you gotta do. Damn it, Jason. I'm setting him up. I'll be anything you need. I'm still shut up. You okay. could have a big dip. Let's do verse. <laughs> 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 no, that was that was an, a super inventive video. Yes, it was. Yeah, it was. Stop motion and some videos were good. Yeah, man. I put some effort into them back in the day. I wanna be Hey, my head. This will be my testimony. Sledge. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think this is radio friendly. <laughs> oh, we could do uh, that, could be a reoccurring bit where we sing the song just without the innuendo, you know? Yeah, just like, what does it really mean? To the tune of the actual song. I wanna be big. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you call my name? Big. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we could cut a whole album. <laughs> Straight talk. <laughs> Interpreting the hits. <laughs> I can't get out of my head now. I wanna be. (laughs) (laughs) I think this is too hot for outtakes. (laughs) Oh, this this is Patreon material (laughs) for real. <laughs> we'll just up, bump it up to the ten dollar level. I was gonna say we're gonna have to have some of that <laughs> ratings <dark>. categories. <laughs> LBC after dark. So if you become a ten dollar Patreon, <laughs> we'll start, it all. start translating. Start. Find out what happens when the LBC crew starts getting real. Real. <laughs> <laughs> when the recording's done. That's when the fun really begins. When the pants come off. <laughs> so does the filter. <laughs> LBC, late night. We want a big... <laughs> <laughs> it's a scheme? A pyramid scheme? No. It's more like, it's more it's like a three-dimensional <laughs> triangle. <laughs> You know, hey Delvin, you're looking pretty buff. <laughs> How would I get buff? In addition to steroids. <laughs> hey, this Mary Jane Delvin, you know. Right. <laughs> oh. Have you ever lost a cart full of items at a Comic Con? I have. <laughs> now, let me tell you, if you're on this get fit quick scheme, <laughs> you can chase that. Cocked out in no time. For That's it. right. You can get revved up and chase it tower down. <laughs> uh, hey, everyone. I'm Pat from the Lombard Crusade. 
You may know me from my different podcasts, along with my import-export build. <laughs> I do a lot. And so you know what I do to keep me going? Heroin. <laughs> In addition to. It gets me going so fast, I take my pants off. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we're, we're just giving away the gold to these people i've been loving it too i just read the first appearance of falcon in captain america 100 something you gotta be falcon kidding me oh, i was just gonna say that shoot <laughs> yuck 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 <laughs> i have no idea what i'm gonna do for crusamus i know it'll probably be at least 48 pages <laughs> <laughs> Uh, laugh it off. Everybody's got the jokes. <laughs> it's Optimus Prime's instruction manual. <laughs> Just for that, it will be 48 pages. Son of a <laughs> But yeah, Pat, you were cracking me up too, man. I can't even remember what I said. You just said you said several things. Like from the start, I'm like, man, Pat's on fire for that. Was on fire, yeah. This pet is on fire. <laughs> <laughs> this pen is on fire. He wants a big. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> mean, you don't know what you're doing with Pat's full list. Yeah, no, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm learning it. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty surprised by that. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best fake laugh I've heard in a while. <laughs> Um, you gotta remember Pat didn't read it, so yeah. <laughs> the colors were pretty. Uh, Spider Man. I like it, Spider Man. <laughs> Spun a web of any size. He caught those thieves. <laughs> Just like the <laughs> Watch out! Watch out! <laughs> Watch out! Better get down! Here comes the Spider Man. <laughs> Oh. <sighs>